Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Hey, everybody. This is MG. And Elizabeth Pudwell. And together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. We haven't been together for a while on here because MG's been chasing other dreams. And I'm on a summer break, so we thought it would be a fun time to get together and just talk. Let's just talk. Let's just talk. So I wanted to talk about, I was telling MG right before we started, push the record button, that I am learning. Um, so the, the way this started out is I have a dog, and the dog is very, I rescued her. I love her. She's my best friend, but she's big and strong, and she pulls, and we've that when we walk and she's gotten so much better she's like a hundred times better but she still is like you know if i approach a dog or whatever then she still pulls and so i started doing some research and watching youtube videos and um i bought a prong collar which is like it has um i don't know they're pretty thick they just pinch they're called choke collars no, it's called a prong collar. Right, right, collar. right. But I mean, the PETA people call them choke collars. Yeah, but I, but you can get the ones that are that are good. They're big and they're helpful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did, and I did. So I'm watching these videos. I haven't even put it on her yet I'm because I'm watching these videos on how to use them. And one of the things, one of the videos that the woman said, look, the thing that I, the most important message you guys need to learn when you're training your, your any dog, any animal is that this learning is not linear. It doesn't apply across the board. You're gonna have to revisit it. You're gonna have to find other things. It'll come back over and over and over again. What works for this dog is not gonna work for that dog. And that's why there's so much information on it. And it's a, cons- it's a constant thing with any dog that you have to train them on how you want them to behave. Once you get them to this point, then you're going to work on this. And then you'll get them to that point, and then you work up. And I was like, oh, this is my my recovery. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, yeah. It just, I could relate to it. So it just is like, I mean, because when I came in, I just, I was a mess. And I cried every day, and I didn't know how to just not call him or not, you know, whatever. And then I learned that. And then I learned to live without crying and how to say no. And then I learned how to make friends. And I remember the first time I went to um, the fellowship on a Sunday night. And I, I always had the excuse, well, my daughter, you know, I got to get home. And I wanted to or I didn't want to. <laughs> but it was like, I think it was like two or three summers of me going to meetings. And they're like, 
you know, and I was like, okay. And I remember like, I, I got dressed. I was like, I'm going to go today when they ask. And it was, you know, it was just really hard, but I'm really glad that I did because I started, that's how I started fellowshipping. And then it, you know, and you started really being of service and you started volunteering. And then before you know it, you're president of intergroup or whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And, you know, I love this. Karen R. always says this. I'm not a slow learner. I'm a fast forgetter. Mm-hmm. So it's like with the with the new behavior training and like with our new behavior training, we forget stuff. And so that's for me why I... It's essential for me to have a regular meeting, to stay plugged in, and to, you know, have that, you know, all sides of that little triangle. Well, and that's part of the reason why I really wanted to talk about this today, because I've had several um, women either reach out to me or sponsees kind of ask the same kind of questions. So, like, one of them that I got a couple of days ago was, what do you do when you're in periods of loneliness or sadness, long drawn out periods of sadness or loneliness. And so um, I'm going to bring up the text message so I could tell you what I told her because I found it so interesting. And um, so I said, it's maintenance. It's not one item. I think that it, if I try to just manage it when it comes, I'll relapse. Because that is for me that I had to learn how to get out of the space where those loneliness or boredom or sadness comes. And so I told her, I said, so I did all of that every day. So what were the things that I did every day? Meetings, journal, call someone, support someone, read, work out to exhaustion, pray and meditate. All of those things I did every day because in, in, she was like, oh, yeah, well, I already do those. And I was like, she goes, I have been doing a lot of that. It helps. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I said, you've got to commit. You know, for me, I had to commit to those things and doing it every day so that it, I could keep sober. I committed to me. So I told her, I said, make a list of five to eight things that make you feel really good and do them every day. If you miss a day, don't give up. Start again the next day. Look, this stuff is not linear. You don't go you don't go and do one thing for one day and then all your pain is gone. It's constant. It's commitment. Commit to your thriving life. I challenge you to the, do the list for 6 weeks, one day at a time. When I feel lonely or sad, or I ride my bike or I go to yoga. I do one or the other every day. When I wake up in the morning, I pray, meditate, journal, walk the dog every day. I keep my commitments and show up on time. Yesterday, I got a little bored, so I made some vegan yeast rolls, and they were really good. (laughs) So the title of this podcast is going to be How to Stay Spiritually Fit, okay? Because what you're talking about is a fitness model. And if we don't stay spiritually fit, then I don't have a chance, right? So what does my spiritual fitness look like? So like, you know, you're fit physically. What do you do to maintain that? You're vegan. You don't eat sugar. You watch what you eat. You work out. You walk your dog. You have all these 
physical spirit, the physical things that you do. So what do you do spiritually? And I mean, for me, I'm getting my sleep. Okay. I don't make any appointments before 10 a.m. in the morning if I have to. I mean, if there might be something at the VA that I can't avoid or something that's, you know, but for the most part, I'm like, listen, it's 10 a.m. after. I'll even do a late night thing versus an early morning thing. But for me, getting my sleep is like tantamount. I'm meditating twice a day. Bottom line, morning and the evening. It's like it's it's what I do now. And I go to my meeting once a week. And I have a great process about my own internal thoughts. And so that's why, listeners, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, uncovering these deeper patterns. Because once we get to a certain place in our sobriety, like for us, it's long-term sobriety, but still there's some things, there's some pesky things that come up. And I'm like, oh, why do I do that thing? And so it's, so I'm really clear about having that good mental hygiene, which is examining my thoughts and thinking only good thoughts. It's like, you know, you know, when you're off the rails, right? those thoughts I was talking about, it's like, I don't, you know, that's ridiculous. But when I do that and I go, okay, and that's the, that is for me, like I meet with my sponsor once a week, I call her on the phone, we talk and you know, we talk about these things and she's able to help me, you know, you're powerless over that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How I forget that. How the fuck do I know? I don't know, but I think that we get, it seems like, you know, like even that guy, the therapist that I met with today, he asked me a question and he said, so why didn't you heal this in that period of your life? You know, what do you think? Why do you think it's still there? And I said, I think it's just coming up at this point, you know, whatever I'm doing in my life, I don't want to think that way anymore. And here's another thing, Elizabeth, that you have is that you are rigorously honest. And, you know, that word rigorous, it doesn't say you're pleasantly honest. You're easily honest. You're happily honest. You're rigorously honest. It means it's hard. It means it's hard and you look at it and you're like, ugh, what is that? No, I I, I want to change that. I want to change that. So I love that this idea of, of learning is not linear you learn A, then B, then C, then D, and then, you know, you go on your life. I mean... It doesn't work that way, no, you know? No, And it's like, it, it's consistent. I mean, I don't... I can't tell you today what I'm going to be doing 10 years from now, but I've been sober in this program in August, it, it, August of 04. You know, that was my, my sobriety date. So, however, what is that, 18 years? Yes. Come on, yeah, sis. I, think, I think it's 18 years, whatever it is. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. But um, I'm still here and I'm still going to these meetings because if I don't do this, I mean, this is part of that, that being spiritually fit. This is part of my program, my workout, you know, my list of things that I have to do every day. And I don't have anybody pointing at me or telling me I have to do this. I want to. 
Right. Well, just like you want to be in good health. And listen, I'm talking about this from a health perspective, you know, because for me, it's like I've been really ill for two years and then I wake up and I'm like, I'm 70 pounds overweight. How did that happen? Every day, slowly, over two and a half years, I got to this place. And that's what it would be like for me, I feel, emotionally and psychically if I didn't go to meetings, if I didn't sponsor women, if I didn't do that, it would just be this slowly, you wake up two and a half years later and you're like, hmm, yeah, I think acting out would be a good idea. Or he's a cute guy. Let me, you know, when we're, when, I'll stick with I statements, when I'm sponsoring women, my stakes are much higher in terms of what I can and cannot do in the world. Because if we're not really deeply connected, then... Like, if I didn't have a relationship with you, and it's like, oh my God, if I started doing that, I've got to tell Elizabeth P. what's happening. My shame couldn't do it, you know? It All could your leave. shit shows, you know? Yes, it's and I true. might relapse in alcohol and drugs, and it's just this, right? And it sounds good in, in the moment, maybe, but if you kind of play it forward, you're like, ooh, that, you know, like you said, oh, I'm going to have to tell my sponsor. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have, no, mm-mm. I don't want to do any of that. And that's the same thing, like, as if you were, you know, not really careful about the guys that you were dating, you know, or if we, you know, like, yeah. I, I know I told you about old guy running down the street, the young I told you about him, right? No, no, no. He's like, he's, I mean, it's a neighbor across the street, and he, he comes over, he's like, yeah, I didn't know if I should tell you that I got a crush on Samantha's mom. <laughs> he's Samantha's age. I'm like, no, 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 thank you. You know, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't want that. Gross. I don't want that. Yeah, You know, some yeah. people may think that's, like, very flattering and, oh, well, you know, I don't know what he thought I was going to do. Well, let's go to my house or whatever, but <laughs> no, no. I, and isn't that strange, Elizabeth, how now that we're so far into recovery that, you know, those things are like anathema. They're, like, so distasteful. No, no, no. I don't want any part of that, you know? No. And, like, there was this man at that sharing office space at my office, and he was a little flirty at the very beginning. And I just was like, I did not like that at all. And you would think, you know, being my age and my weight and, you know, that that I should that I should feel honored that someone's, like, flirting and saying that stuff to me. And this was, like, a huge, one of those huge, big red flags you know takes two hands to wave i'm like oh hell no and the last time that he did it i really like you know made some comments and he hasn't done it since so it's been really interesting about that so and i feel like that's a gift oh my gosh god thank you it's it's like you know so so distasteful yes i don't want that i do not want a casual encounter you know, if I did, I would be honest about it and I would go and look for it, you know. But I know that that doesn't work for me and I don't even want that. I'm not interested in that at all. I am interested in sex as a byproduct of my relationship. But what I'm really wanting is the relationship. What I really want is to thrive. I want to feel like I have all areas of my life 
you know, and like I told you before, my primary, my primary source right now is from my kids and grandkids. And, you know, it's lovely, but that's a secondary source and it shouldn't be a primary source, you know. Right. Just like we were reading, listeners, we were reading earlier from the chapter, chapter eight partnerships, and we were talking about uh, living alone and whether or not you, you want to be in partnership or not, uh, that it's important that you really focus on this idea of love. And I think that it's like self-love. And there's, you know, for me, I want to do love in terms of like social work and like giving of myself in service, like in that respect. But and you could totally do, it's the same thing. You know, one of my sponsees this week said, yes, I do have a lot of space in my life to fill. And it's true. And I do as well. You know, that leaving, dropping my granddaughter off and leaving and coming home is a clear indication of that. And, you know, you have space in your life to fill right now. But when you're in school, you don't. And, right. And, and you're filling right. it with the school. You know, if you're not filling your life intentionally, that's what it is. Yes. Yes. If you have, I don't care what you fill it with. I don't care if you fill it with old guy driving down the street, you know, that has a crush on Samantha's <laughs> mom. Please don't, listener. Please don't. Don't do that. No, but, but Mike, you know, but, but there's that, (laughs) but in the book, they talk about that. They talk about, uh, uh, and it's in this same chapter where, let me just see if I can find it again. Uh, stand by listeners. It's in the intentionality. I'll let you look for it while I chat, because I know for me, like all of the, all, all three of the relationships that I've been in, the men. It, there was no intentionality around it. They came yes. to my life. They, you know, liked me, pursued me, paid attention to me, and I trusted them. And it wasn't a good, that's not a good fit for me right now. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to do that again. That won't work. Here's Here I found it. It's, uh, it says, what happened was that in new sobriety, we found that along with the task of staying away from addictive activities, we had the equally difficult task of filling up all that free time. We needed to have a lot of a time alone to give feelings a chance to surface, but we also needed to keep busy. Even in the midst of withdrawal, we turned to hobbies or new pursuits that were engrossing and would consume some time and energy. As the addictive cravings lessened, we often found ourselves actively enjoying these new activities and the discovery or rediscovery of talents. We have among SLAM members new PhDs, new musicians, new marathon runners, new artists. And I I love that. And Elizabeth, I remember you doing it with, I know somebody, Houston. I mean, you were super involved in that. You were super involved in service with SLAA. And I felt like you've kept with that, with us, the podcast. Yes, yes. And it's and even now, it's like, it's intentional. So like, you know, somebody asked me the other day, like, what's up with SLAA? And I was like, I mean, not SLA. I know somebody, Houston. And I was like, eh, it's kind of like, you know, the Facebook page is there. But, you know, and she's like, don't you want to? No, I don't. Right. I don't. Because I'm not at that age anymore. I don't want to build a business. I don't want to. You know, what I really want to do is to retire and 
spend my time on the road and find a loving guy, you know, and have fun and see sunrises and sunsets and beautiful landscapes. That's what I want to do. You and want, I think that you want she, the van life, Elizabeth. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you. Like, I want, I've been looking at them. I have been looking at them. I'm, re, I'm researching what's best, a mini RV, a van, or I get a um, teardrop trailer that I can tow. I belong to a Facebook group called RV Women at Camp Alone. But the thing is, is that I just want to figure out, like, I'm doing the research. That is my project right now is learning. And it feels really good to be learning like that. Like, you're going to school and you're learning the thing that you need to, and it feels really good to you. And every day we learn something new that we can bring back to our daily lives and to our sobriety. And, you know, because without, if I'm not sober, fuck, I don't have anything. Same. All of it's gone. Yeah. All of it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great reminder not to give up, figure it out, reason things out with one another. And we also do this thing, Elizabeth, where we talk to each other and like they say, you're only as sick as your secrets. And I say, you're only as healthy as your good ideas. So it's like, hey, what do you think about this thing? You know, I'm thinking about going to graduate school for social work. Yes, sounds great. And so we check it out with each other. We just don't do these things in a vacuum. So stay connected, listeners. You got to stay, you got to have a village. It takes a village, That's you know. That's right. And those are the people who teach us about the, you know, the just climbing. You know, it's like I started at the bottom and I, I worked my way up to where I was like not acting out. And then I worked my way up to where I was, you know, starting to build relationships and, and laugh again. And then I worked my way up to, you know, it was a long time when I lived here. I didn't even go visit my family in California, you know, so it's. Now I go all the time and I can go and see my other family and take my granddaughter on a trip. And, you know, there's things it just we can live the way that we want to live. You know? And we can learn in a nonlinear way and we can go back from and, each other. Even. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes we need remedial help. Sometimes it's like, oh, we got to go back to basics. You know, there was someone that, you know, was on a meeting saying, I feel like my program is kind of stagnated, so I'm going to start working the steps again. I haven't worked the steps in 10 years. I'm going to work the steps again. And I love that. Figure it out. Do something different. Yes. And every time I work with a new sponsee and we go through the steps, I do that all over again and I'm reminded. And that's why I said, so the challenge is, listener, anybody who's listening and feels like you're not thriving make a list five to eight things that make you feel really good and it is a spiritual program and this is a spiritual list but like i said it doesn't have anything to do with you don't have to go to church you know it's how you take care of your spirit and that's what this all of this does all everything that we have been talking about today it makes my spirit feel good Amen. Amen, sister. Amen. I love you. So good talking with you, you listeners. Uh, Don't forget our our meeting. We have a meeting every um, Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Time. 
and uh, you can go to I don't know wherever the WhatsApp or sober um, sister email sober sisters talk at gmail .com and we'll get you the meeting we'll information. Give, we'll send it. Thank you, listeners. We're right, being silly. You. We're done. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.